always need you, Lord. We there isn't a time that we don't. We we need your wisdom, your courage, your understanding, your leadership, your guidance. Everything, Father, comes from you, and we're so thankful that we have free access to it. We can ask anything in your name. You give it to us. We have such assurances of your love every single day. So we thank you for this opportunity, Father. We open our hearts and our minds to hear what you are saying. We cast down imaginations that would distract us from hearing your word. And we thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen and praise God. Amen, amen, and amen again. So we're going to talk about overcoming the voice of staggering unbelief. Amen. Overcoming the voice of staggering unbelief. And um, unbelief is something that um, we always have to contend with. Um, Faith doesn't come without a fight. Amen. Uh, that's why the Bible refers to it as a good fight. It's worth it. It's worth taking a stand. It's worth spending time in the Word. It's worth um, meditating on the Word and and uh, prodding and, and probing and finding out things in God. Uh, that's something any believer can do. You don't have to be a preacher to, to get nuggets of revelation or anything like that. You can get them. Uh, you know, yourself and, and, uh, in, in the things that you do get from other sources, you know, God can help reinforce those and help, uh, establish those in your heart. He can personalize it, uh, find out what it means for you personally to believe the things that He has put before us. So we're going to talk about that and <clears throat> how our father Abraham, uh, was somebody who staggered for much of his life. And then we find out that after a while he didn't anymore. So we need to find out how he did that. Amen. How'd he go from somebody who was playing pimp my wife everywhere he went? Amen. And, and, uh, you know, taking shortcuts to God's blessings. I mean, how many of us haven't done that? You know, we, we hear God is going to give us something. We go out to figure out how we can help him. You know what I'm saying? We got it all figured out in our minds. It's going to work like this. It's going to work like that. It's going to work like that. And it never works like any of that. Amen. If it did, then we wouldn't need God. See, we we take the promise and put it in our pocket and then run off and do what we think it takes to get it done. Amen. Amen. Everybody wants to help God. Amen. And themselves too. Amen. So it doesn't work like that. The kingdom doesn't. When God says he's going to do something, then we're in the test mode. Amen. We go into test mode because our faith is being challenged that we can take our little paws off of it, not touch it, let God have it. Amen. And and uh, believe and serve him till the fulfillment of it. See, that's why many people quit serving God. They don't know how to believe him to fulfill. They never believe God is going to do that. God is going to do it. Not we going to get it, but God is going to do it. Amen. See, there's a difference. There's, you know, we can get almost anything we want out of life really without prayer. There are a lot of sinners out here who are, are living in the realm where a lot of Christians are trying to get to. Amen? 
they have good jobs, they have good careers, because the world has a system to take care of its own. You know, there's the buddy system. You know somebody, you know, if you work at a company, people will say, do you know anybody that we got a job opening coming up? And could you recommend, especially if you're a good worker and, and just, just word of mouth and, and, you know, somebody recommending you and all that can get you there. You get advice from people, uh, in the world. Bible, the Bible says that they are wiser in their generation than we are because they know the ropes and if they don't they can pay somebody to teach them the ropes amen i mean everything and so but what don't they have that we have well they don't have fellowship with god they don't have it they we have tons of things more than they have and if we can learn the kingdom system to seek the kingdom first and let things come we'll be way ahead but it's so tempting to start running after things, you know, which we do. We have to catch ourselves a lot, you know, say, wait, now, wait a minute. I didn't got this out of whack here. This, this is not the order that it's supposed to come. It's supposed to seek the kingdom, seek God, seek his fellowship with him and his way of doing things. Get peace with him that he's got you, you know, that it's coming, that it's, he hasn't forgotten you. He is on schedule. You know, those things we need, that's what we need to be seeking. Amen. His way of righteousness, his way, God's ways. Amen. And just rest in the fact that what he's promised, he's able to perform. He can do it without our help. Only believe. Amen. Believe and don't add anything to it. Believe and don't doubt. So our job then is to focus on the believing end isn't it? And to stay in faith and to stay in joy and stay in the fruit of the spirit. And don't quit. Don't run around saying crazy things, you know, that, that will delay and hinder our progress. Amen. Don't fall out with God. Don't fall out with people. You know, don't get yourself uh, side railed somewhere or sidelined somewhere uh, doing something that's not going to keep you moving forward in the kingdom. So that walk of faith is very important for us to overcome these, this unbelief that makes us stagger at the promises of God. So we'll turn to Romans chapter 4. <clears throat> I'll start in verse 13. It says, for the promise that he should be heir of the world that he would inherit the world. So not so much of him having a son at an old age, impotent as he was, and Sarah had never been fertile, but the promise also that he would inherit the whole world. I mean, who believes like that? Who hopes like that? You know, usually when you go to God for something, you don't ask him for the whole world. You ask him for, you know, like your your quarter. How could I take care? But when you think about it, that's really what was taken from Adam. Remember, God placed him in the garden and gave him dominion over the earth, over the whole world. So somebody, in order for humanity to get their inheritance back, somebody's got to believe God to give them the whole world. Amen? 
And so that was part of what Abraham had to believe. When God told him to look at the the sand on the seashore, he said, you're going to have children and descendants far outnumbering the grains of sand that you could even count if you could count them. And so when you think about that, that's pretty much the whole world, folks. Amen. And and so in the stars in the sky, you know, wherever he he walked, he looked up and he said, I'm going to have more descendants than the stars up there. So that's the whole world, folks. So it's it's no wonder that he would, I mean, I would stagger. I, You know, I said, man, God, come on, that whole world. Or the first thing you say is, I don't need all that. Maybe just give me a corner. Give me a little house somewhere. See, that's staggering. When you try to diminish what God told you he's going to do, you're staggering under the weight of it. It's just too big for you. It's too wild to imagine. It's, it's just too great. It's too wonderful. And so God, if he promises it to you, he's got to help you believe. Amen. He, this is where I think sometimes we make our mistake. We want to run off with a list of how to, how to get it. You know, your, your list you get off of brother so-and-so's tapes or, you know, so-and-so's this and so-and-so's website or somebody's, uh, you know, instructions or how they did it or what they think it should be like. And you run off with some, somebody's list that you don't even know that much about them. You just heard about them. Amen. And, and you think that list is going to do it. Now that list may be a place to start, but God wants you to create your own list. He wants you to have your personal list, how you work it into your life. How do you work it into your, the way that you do things? Amen. Even though lists will give you a starting point, you still got to go to God with the list and get the list approved. And you got to get peace with him that if you follow those instructions, you'll get where he wants you to go. So the best thing to do is take the list under consideration, you know, hide it in your heart, the part of it that's the word, but still go to God and say, now, God, how do I put all this together? I mean, what you told me uh, I'm going to do is way too much for me. It's too much for me to even consider that you would, would, you know, use me for something like that, or you would bless me to that degree, or whatever it is. And I think if we'll do that, and we'll continually find ourselves in the Word, letting the Word minister to us and strengthen us and encourage us, and, you know, don't go in the Word and get talked out of what God has for you. Let the word encourage you in what God has for you, but go to the word. Amen. Learn how to leave people alone. Once God's given you a promise, you don't need 15 different prophecies to tell you that, that it's true. You just need to settle it in you. If, if now, if that's going to help settle you, then fine. But, you know, ask God to reaffirm to you. God, how, how am I going to do this? How, how is this coming to pass? Tell me some things. Let me know. Amen. Let me know. That's really true meditation when you think about it. When you meditate, you begin to reason together with God. God, I'm here in the promises way over here. How do I meet? How do we meet together and I receive what you have? I want what you have for me. Then I think that's the first place we have to start. Do you want it? Not 
do you want it if, or you want it but, but do you want it yes or no? So you need the yes or no things before you can really step into saying that you're on the way to receiving. Amen? The Bible says when you pray, believe you receive it when you pray. So you've got to receive it by faith, first of all. God's not going to deliver something to your door that you don't order. Amen? So you've got to humble yourself enough and, 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 uh, you know, bow and, and understand God, God wants to bring you these things and not be fearful and doubtful that if he said it, he'll do it. So you gotta start somewhere clearing the cobwebs out of your brain and, and just clear that out and say, God, this is something I've never considered that I would have in my life, but in my heart, I want it. You promised it to me, and in my heart, I want it. And in my heart, I know you want it for me. So, what do I do? How do I get it? Do I, do I work it? Get it? Is that my job? Tell me what to do. What's my next move? You know? So there's always a next move of faith for us to receive what God has for us. There's always a next move. He never leaves us without something to do. Even if your next move is just words, thank you. Father, I bless you. I praise you. I thank you that you love me enough to want to give me these things. You love me to want to promise me something. This promise makes me feel good inside. It gives me hope, makes me feel special, makes me feel loved, makes me feel important. Amen? And I want it. I want you to get me there. Amen? Because you know you're not there yet. See? We all know we're not there. It's like if it came and, and sat on your doorstep tomorrow, what would you do? Amen? And so we we have to get there. Faith will get us there. We stay faithful to stay in faith and continue the walk of faith. We will get there. So the promise that he should be heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, his natural children, but through the righteousness of faith. So that made it available to more people. Faith makes everything more available to more people. The law and your natural inheritance is limited, but your faith inheritance will include anything, everything for all time. It'll expand you out in in bigger territory. It'll bring in much more for you. You can share it with more people. It's just greater. Anything that comes by faith is greater than anything that comes in the natural. Amen? It has to be because it opens you up to more possibilities. Really, really, if you think about it, believing God for something, if that's your only requirement, you're only limited to what you can believe. (laughs) You understand what I'm saying? So you only limit yourself to what you ask for. And so when you think about it, living by faith is much greater than trying to live by natural means. Amen? Even though natural is more comfortable in some ways. You know, it's more comfortable to everybody to a degree. But we got to let that go and realize that faith is the greater. With God, nothing's impossible. And with him, all things are possible. And so once you start living by faith, the greater, the, this, there's a door that opens up to much bigger possibilities. 
even if it scares you, amen, when you first think about it. There are greater possibilities when you live by faith. And it's not that hard because Jesus is with you every step of the way. He is your faith. He's the author and the finisher of your faith. It's not your faith you're using. You're using his faith when you put your faith in his word. Amen. And so he will guide you. He has to help us. He has to to begin us off and he has to finish us off too. He says, for if they which are of the law be heirs, then faith is made void and the promise of none effect. So what God promises puts faith at the center of your life. If you're looking for something from God, then you have to use faith to get it. If you're using anything else, you won't get what's promised. If you're using your efforts, if you're using your uh, doing this often enough and doing that often enough and all of that stuff, if you're using human effort outside of faith, then you will not get there. Your your promise will not be. Why? Because God's not glorified in what you do. Not if you're going to make it up yourself. Well, God, I'm going to do it. I got my picture on the refrigerator and I got brother so-and-so six steps to prosperity. And I didn't, I gave, I sowed my seed. I did my this, I did my that. If he told you to do it, fine. But if you grab the promise and run off with it, with somebody's steps and formulas and a picture on your refrigerator, he's not glorified in that. See, he's glorified when it gets down to the wire and it looks like you ain't going to get it. (laughs) And then he comes through. Ta-da! People like to say, God showed up and showed out. But he showed nothing. Because there's no evidence. You know, you did that. Who got healed? Who got delivered? Who got born again? Uh, when God shows out, he does stuff supernaturally. Uh, whose limb grew out a little bit more? You got me? Amen. Who supernaturally got debt paid? Amen. So, so when we talk about him getting glory out of things, it, it, it's automatic that the supernatural must be involved. Just faith in his word and him manifesting on that faith. That's got to be what what transpires. It can't just be a natural occurring thing. It's got to have the marks of faith on it. You know what the marks of faith are? It's you busting your head on a door you thought was open and it slammed on you. I'll let that sink in for a while. I'm a little thirsty anyway. Hmm? Yeah, I thought I was going to have it already. That's faith. (laughs) I thought it was going to come like this. And it didn't come. That's faith. Amen. 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 I don't know how many different places I had to go to before I finally got a yes answer. That's faith. See, you didn't call your brother-in-law and ask him to do a favor for you. You had to strike out like Abraham did. Go there. That don't look like it's going to be the place. 
go there anyway. Huh? And go there in faith. Don't go there trying to get it out the way so you can get to the next place, you cheater. Because you're going to have to take faith everywhere you go. They're all going to look like it's not going to come through for you. But then finally that door will cave in and you walk in and get what God has for you. See, those are the marks that we have on us, the marks of faith. You know, a knot here, a bruise there, huh? feelings hurt over there, no answer over there. They treat you like dirt over there. That's what faith, you know, those are the marks of faith. Amen? Yeah, for sure. For sure. And we have to go through. And we have to do those things. Because we're being led by God. And God will get glory out of it. We won't. You'll never be able to give your testimony and say, the first place I went to. You'll be so scared to get up and say, well, I'm not sure it's time to tell the testimony yet because I ain't got it all. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like, well, wait a minute. We, we ain't doing that quite yet. <laughs> huh? There's little certain marks that, you know, faith and, and God gets glory out of every place. Huh? Some of those places, the only way they're going to contact God is they wind up in trouble with you. You know, we sing another somebody done somebody wrong song. You know, that's going to be a lot of our life as believers. Persecution is part of it. You know, God said he would contend with those who contend with us. Sometimes God contending with people is the only contact they have with him. How How would they get to know God otherwise? You look at Abraham's track record. He he messed up more places than he did good. And everywhere they went, what was the report? God spoke to so-and-so. And many of them repented and did what they had to do in order to get right with God. And they didn't pick on Abraham. Abraham came knocking on their door. And being a hundred percent wrong. And they wind up getting a revelation of the God that Abraham served. See, God will get the people anywhere he can. Amen. He will. He definitely will. Amen. So none of our doing is in vain. God knows that's how he says I can work it out all to the good. It's all good. Amen. Because he just comes in and, and manifests himself as God. So some of these doors we knock on get a no answer and we all mad and everything, um, those people will be uh, fruit to your account. Because you ain't doing nothing that much for God other than that, but shopping. And... I think I'm going to have to open another one. You know. Them God use me prayers stopped so long ago for most of us. 
You know, if we get out there and do something, minister to somebody, it's a faith accident, so to speak. Just in the right place at the right time, talking to the right person. For once, you wasn't in a hurry brushing by everybody. Huh? Well, it's true. You know. So God has to, we gonna preach the gospel, folks. I mean, come on now. It's a command, it's a mandate. So you're going to open your mouth and he's going to fill it with words one way or the other. Amen. Whether you're in good contact with people or negative contact with people, you know, God's going to get some glory out of your life. So he says that that if if those which are of, are of the law are heirs, then faith is made void. So that cannot be made void because the just shall live by faith. See, faith is how we contact God. Amen. So it's got to work. Faith has got to be put to work and it's got to be the thing that works over and above any kind of law that we are trying to, the Old Testament law is what they're talking about. And he says, because the law works wrath for where there is no law, there's no transgression. Therefore, it is of faith that it might be got by grace for the reason and for this purpose that the promise might be sure to everybody. Everybody can use their faith to believe God. Not everybody is in line by birth to receive from God. So God nullifies your birth rights in the natural and he established all his justified people to live by faith. Amen. So if you live by faith, The works that you do must come from that faith that's in your heart. There must be a corresponding action to what you believe that God ordains for you to do in order for your your faith to please him. It can't be some idea that comes to your head off somebody's list and you run around doing that only. You've got to meditate on the word, get enough word inside you for it to inspire you from within to do the works that God has for you. It's like the woman with the issue of blood. She said within herself. Why? Because she had nobody else to talk to. So she talked to God, talked to the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost said, now listen, I know you can't do this. I know you can't do that. I know. See, that right there is money, if you will, will pardon my French. Amen. See, when you get in that corner with God and you start thinking about his word and you start putting it together, I said, now God, I want him to touch me. I see everybody else is, he's touching people. But see, I'm unclean. He can't touch me. And he's a priest. He's a holy man. But I believe you want me well. How do I get there? He said, have you ever considered touching him? But he won't let me. If he sees me, girl, go get on the ground and crawl. You don't have to touch his skin or his hand. Just touch what he's wearing. Remember the robe. That robe has the word on the bottom of it. That's your covenant right there. You touch the covenant, you got the promise. And that's how it's done. It's not done any other way, folks. 
It's a process of meditation. It's a process of us putting it together, processing it through the Holy Ghost. We put it together in the mind of God and we get his assurance that this will do it. This is, this is it. Amen. This is it. Once you get that assurance, this is it, then you keep obeying God until it comes to pass. And let it happen in your life. Amen. And so this is where Abraham was. He, he had, had always went back to God. You know, he get out there, do stuff on his own because he didn't know much about God. We all do that. But we're learning. God keeps pulling Abraham aside and saying, now come on, brother. Listen to me now. Let me, let me help you out. Amen. So the faith is sure. It's by grace to the end that the promise might be sure to all the seed, anybody who believes, not only to that which is of the law, if they use their faith, but to that which is of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. Now, what did that mean to him? Many nations. Well, God, I know I'm going to have, I've got Ishmael, and you tell me I'm going to have another son. Yikes. You know. But many nations, what's that mean? Where where are all these other people going to come from? Amen. And so he had to expand his believing when he couldn't believe what God already told him. (laughs) Turn to Genesis 17. I guess I should go there. Go there first. This is his process. This is how the process of believing God for the impossible works. He says, God, verse 17, verse 1, When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said to him, I am the Almighty God. Walk before me and be thou perfect. In other words, I'm not going to just visit you periodically like I've been doing. He says, I want you to walk with me. I want to keep closer contact with you. This right here is everything. See, instead of us taking a promise and getting our brother so-and-so's six steps to getting what you need from God all the time, He says, come to me. I want contact with you every day, Abraham. I want you to walk before me. And it's by walking with me that you get mature. Not by memorizing somebody's steps. Not by quoting at me what you really don't believe, hoping it works. But mano a mano. Me and you. You and me. Us. Because maturity and perfection in God only come with living contact. 
you can't have scripture over here and be doing what you think is the right thing to do and you never consult God. You never talk to him. You never ask him. You never meditate the word to help you get understanding of the right decision to make. Yada, 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 yada. Uh He says, your perfection is going to come by having close contact with me. Amen. That's the way it comes. And he says, I will make my covenant between me and you and multiply you exceedingly. Keeps telling him that. More, more, more. That's the blood talking. More, more, more. Abraham fell on his face. God talked with him saying, as for me, behold, my covenant is with you. and You should be a father of many nations. Keeps telling him the same thing. In other words, Abraham, increase your ability to believe. What you mean increase, God? I ain't got what you gave me the last time. How am I going to increase and I even got the minimum? Huh? Yeah, well, you know what? If I let you get the minimum, you'll never bring me glory. You'll never get exactly what I want for you. So I keep the minimum at a distance and then force you to accept that the minimum's coming because you got to move on to something more. I'll say it again. See, we, we want, we want to live at this level where we're at because it's comfortable. You can, you can, you don't have to stretch yourself. You don't have to think about changing. That's the biggest thing for most of us. We know if we, we have to do too much changing, we don't know what's going to happen. Huh? First thing you think about is your normal routine and how it's going to be upset. And you just got things switch-a-weighted the way you want them in your normal routine. Now you got to think about, I got to do something different now? What's it? He says here, verse 6, oh, no, and neither shall your name anymore be called Abram, but your name will be Abraham. You're going to answer to a new name. Your, your name is going to reflect who you really are instead of who you've been all along. You know, this is important. What you call yourself. You see all the people on Facebook borrowing titles trying to be more than what they really are? If they get it from God, they wouldn't have to push themselves off and, and invent who they think they're supposed to be. This is why God gives you a name that he wants to call you by. So you're, when he changes your identity, it's changed forever. Huh? You're not the same person anymore. I remember when God early in my, in my, uh, you know, life in, in the Lord and, and being a, a, a uh, a church member and being faithful at that, God told me, he said, I'm going to ordain you. And I thought to myself, I ain't been to no school. I, you know, I just was thinking. 
and and I remember the pastor of the church told me, he said, I'm getting ready to ordain some ministers. I want to include you. I said, oh, okay. Well, that was easy. God said, I'm going to do it. And while I was still confused, he did it. I didn't have time to get stupid and start trying to invent something. He'll help you out sometime. You see. Then after we got started, he told me to ordain Shirley. And all the other prophets were saying, oh yeah, your sister Shirley, oh she's wonderful. She's a, they even know her. They knew what God told them about her. Do you understand what I'm saying? So we had a company of prophets laid hands on her like we do in the Bible and everything and, and God started to use her more. It makes a big difference when the church, the body of Christ sanctions who you are. If you only call yourself something and put yourself on Facebook, you don't, you're always trying to prove yourself. And I thank God I never had to go that route. I didn't have to go the route of always trying to figure out who I was and proving to people that I'm, you know. I never had to do that. It was never an issue with me. People get into arguments. Women supposed to preach. I said, sit down there for a minute. Wait till I get started. I'll tell you if they, you can judge for yourself if we supposed to preach or not. You understand what I'm saying? It, it was never an issue for me. God didn't let it become one. See, issues can derail you from your true identity. I learned how to respond to what God called me. People say, well, well, should I call you? So I'll just don't call me late to dinner. I'd be real upset. <laughs> Let's stick with the important. Let's stick with something you can handle. He says this, he said, I'll establish my covenant into everlasting. Your seed after he keeps talking about children, keeps talking about blessing him with children. He said, I'll give to you and your seed after you the land where you are a stranger, land of Canaan for an everlasting possession. And I'll be their God. God said to Abraham, you will keep my covenant then. You and your seed after you in generations. So what what does that mean? It means walk before him and be perfect. He's keeping the covenant. He gave him a sign of the covenant, which was circumcision. This is for every generation after that to follow. Our water baptism is very similar. Once you have covenant with God, you have an outward demonstration of an inward devotion. Your heart must be devoted to God. I mean, you know, seriously. He said, this is my covenant, which you shall keep. Every man child among you be circumcised. You will circumcise the flesh of the foreskin and be a token of your covenant between me and you. Now, why the flesh of, of the foreskin? That's a sign about seed. It's a sign about blessing your seed. It's a sign about a covenant everlasting that you will have offspring for every single generation everlasting. Amen. And he says here, on the eight days, they'll be circumcised. Everybody in your house is a stranger. Amen. Anybody under, living under your roof comes in covenant with God. Amen. And don't go out picking people up. 
It's not what he's talking about. You understand what I'm saying? And the uncircumcised man, child, whose flesh of his foreskin is not, he will be cut off from the people. So you got, in other words, you got to be born again. That's what this is alluding to. And God said to Abraham, as for Sarah, your wife, you shall not call her Sarai anymore, but Sarah, he said, I will bless her, give her a son, give you a son also of her, Yea, I will bless her. Now, this is news to him. Y'all got me? Before, it was, okay, you're going to bless me, give me a bunch of kids. He's looking at Ishmael. He's looking at how he helped God. And make that the promise. <laughs> Anybody ever help God bless them? Mm-hmm. It's different from something he promised, ain't it? Uh-huh. The promises come in so easy, easy to care for, easy to do everything with. And it's just, you know, God takes care of what he promises you. You get out there and start helping God and you get trouble. He said, Sarah's going to have this baby. The one I'm talking about, I keep talking about this. Walk before me, be perfect. See, Abraham realized after a while, if this thing is going to work the way God says it, I have no choice but to stay close to God. See, this is what should dawn on all of us whenever God promises us something. I got to stay close to God. For this thing to work, I got to get his counsel. I got to get his mind, his understanding. I need instruction. I need to learn how to not get myself in trouble with everything. Get carried away. And he says here, verse 16, I will bless her and give you a son from her. Yes, I'm a blesser. In other words, I didn't stutter, Abraham. I spit it right out. I said it and I mean it. And she shall be a mother of nations. Kings of people shall be from her. Then Abraham fell on his face and laughed and said in his heart, (laughs) Shall a child be born to somebody a hundred years old? And shall Sarah, who is ninety years old, bear? And Abraham thought about the whole concept of these two old people, him and her. Now, you know, a lot of people call themselves Bible scholars and they'll say stuff like, well, you know, back in their day, 100 wasn't old. He just said it's old. He said it to the man. The man who was 100 laughed and said, I'm too old. You know, they want to take you back to Methuselah and, and, you know, all them people that live to be six and seven hundred years old. I know. A hundred's old. And he said, Abraham's thinking to us, <laughs> really? Uh-huh. That's staggering. 
Staggering will cause you to ridicule something. It will cause you to uh, trivialize it, discount it, want to slough it off. It's a joke. He couldn't be serious. I'm going to have a baby. I've never been fertile. Amen. Sarah. Abraham, he's impotent now. Amen. So who knows the last time they had relations. Amen. So staggering will make you say something like what he says here in verse 18. Oh God, please no. Please let Ishmael, please let it be Ishmael, please. (laughs) Please make my mistake live and call it not a mistake. God, you mean I got to do this all over again? Yeah, you're going to do it right this time. Because I'm going to help you. He said, walk before me and be thou perfect. That's everything. If you can't do that, if you can't stay close to God, if you can't meditate the word and ask God to give you revelation, give you understanding, God, how do I put this into practice? I'm reading what your word says. What's my part? I'm believing what you tell me, Lord. I believe the hard thing. I believe you're going to do it. But God, what do I do? You mean I can just sit back and let you do this? I don't have to help you in any kind of way? Huh? God said, no, just walk before me. In other words, stay close to me. Stay in my presence. This is is activating, really, the presence of God. You see, where before Abraham would have these conversations with God, where God would show up, he'd, he'd fire up the altar, make a sacrifice, fix a meal, speak to God, and then God would disappear and he'd kind of leave him on his own, see what he would do. Amen? And Abraham had no concept of, let me check with God every day. Let me, see, God's trying to bring Abraham into the inheritance of Adam. In order to get Adam's inheritance, he's going to have to have Adam's habits. What did Adam do? He did this, walk before God and was perfect. Walked with God in the cool of the evening, every day. Checked in every day. God, what you doing? How's it going, Abraham? I mean, uh, you know, Adam, I'm doing good. How you doing? How you doing? You know. <laughs> and 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 they related. He drew wisdom, strength, plans, everything from God every day. That's what we gotta have. We gotta have the wisdom, the strength, and the plans. We've got to quit pretending like we know everything. Cause we got a few scriptures and we listen to so and so's, you know, teachings on YouTube, you know, before you go to sleep on them. My pillows hear more YouTube teachings than I do. Huh? <laughs> but I'm working on it, right? See, I have, see, we have the advantage. We have God in our hearts. Walk before Him and be perfect. We can mature up and not stagger. Immaturity staggers. 
Immaturity says, let this counterfeit live. Immaturity says, let this, this, you know, it, you know, before when Abraham first posed these questions to God, he asked him, he said, uh, you promised me a child. When is that going to happen? You know, he was doing the best he could believe in God. He says, if you don't do something soon, I got a slave in my house that's going to inherit everything I have. No mention of the number of seed he's going to have, their destiny, what's going to become of them. There's going to be kings. It's going to be everlasting. It's as many, even though God initially told him every time he talked about his children, he said, look up and see, that's your kids up there. Look down on the ground and see, you're going to have that many, Abraham. He told him this over and over and over again. But what's Abraham focused on? Stuff. What do we focus on? Stuff. When am I going to get my stuff? Huh? So God has to expand our understanding of the whole picture. And he'll let us see this is way too big for you and your stuff mentality. I got to walk with you and change your mind. I got to walk with you and let you see things the way I see them. I got to walk with you and give you confidence that I'm going to put this into your life. I'm going to do it. And if you get accustomed to walking with me, you'll get my confidence that it's doable. See, that's where we get the fully persuaded from. That's where we get the not stagger from. It's from God. From walking with him. Instead of running with our list and doing a little bit and hoping that's going to work. Did I fool you, God? Did I fool you into thinking I really had it this time? No. No. He knows when you got it. But don't give up. Keep working on it. See, faith never gives up. Did Abraham give up? And he cut up some stuff. He got thrown out of every country he was in, but when he left, he was richer than when he came in. (laughs) Now that right there should make you know God is good. That right there should make you know you didn't do right to get that. Huh? And see, that'll cure you from looking in the natural at stuff. You know, in the natural, this is what we do. Oh, if I do this right, that right, that right, that right, and that right. Huh? And I don't never get on the naughty list. Then I'll earn the right for God to give me something. Everybody thinks like that. It's called your carnal mind, your natural man, and he's always engaged in God's business. Huh? Until you kick him out. And say, no, God, I repent. I'm not going to think like that. I'm not putting that together like that. In, 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 in addition, I've already got it. Cause when I prayed, I received it. And I'm going to do good as much as I can, but good behavior, bad behavior is not going to stop me from having this. See, your grace is beyond that. 
it dips into the blood to wash me clean so I can really believe you. See, repentance and confessing of your sins has more to do with giving you ability to believe than it has to do with whether or not God wants you to keep doing that all. You understand what I'm saying? I get sick of confessing. I I don't think I have to do that so much. If you want what God wants you to have, you better. Huh? Well, that's legalism. No, it's legalism to think you can slick God out of something. Huh? Because you see it all over the Bible. Everybody trying to slick God out of something. Do the minimum, get the maximum. That's your carnal mind thinking like that. Your spiritual mind thinks about not shortchanging God. About God, I'll do that and more. If that's what you require, God, I'll do that and more. You understand what I'm saying? But see, sin on your soul always hinders your faith. He's not getting anything out of you confessing your sins. He made it possible for you to walk in righteousness. God shouldn't have to make you confess anything. You need to go to him, thanking him for everything. God, you know, I'm I'm feeling like, you know, this isn't coming the way it's supposed to come. I'm feeling like, God, this needs to take a turn for the better here. God, what do I do? Lay yourself on the altar. How about that? Instead of trying to have all the answers all the time. Well, I see I'm talking to. Huh? This isn't a, a like in school. Oh, teacher. Oh, teacher. Call me. Call me. I got the answer. This. You ain't got nothing. Put your hand down. You don't even know what the question is. <laughs> This is true. We're always trying to conjure God into thinking we got more going on than we do. I'm going to do my confession and, you know, that's going to get it. I'm going to do my this and that's going to get No, get all that larceny, thievery, chicanery, no goodness. Get all of that out your heart. And be pure in heart and let him start imputing things to you. This is what happened to Abraham. Abraham got continually infused with God's faith. He got continually infused with God's power. He got continually infused. God is what makes a difference, folks. Not how much time you spend reading the word. Not how many tapes you read. Not how much time you spend in Fake worship. Got your music on. Huh? This is background noise because your mind is thinking about where you got to go next, what you got to get at the store, who you got to go pick up, what you got to do. As far from what he means by walk before me and be thou perfect. God, keep your mind stayed on him. What does that mean? Constantly. God, tell me this. How is this going to happen? Let me, let me just probe a little bit. Let me query a little bit. 
See, it takes maturity to even ask God questions like that. Because most of the time we're afraid to ask him what it takes for us to receive these things because we're scared what we're going to have to do to get it. You ain't going to have to do nothing. But let whatever, whatever's necessary, it's a matter of you letting it happen. So that's the reason you have to know what needs to be done. So when it starts happening, you can allow the process to take place. So what we're doing when we we shed this staggering, we're allowing a process of God to take place on the inside of us. It's a process of maturing. It's a process of changing our opinion of him. Huh? Abraham goes from a man who feels he has to help God all the time to a man who's totally helpless and dependent on God. And who likes that feeling? Huh? Nobody, really, because we always think we can get some. Gee, if it, God show me what to do so I can get it today. <laughs> right now. Huh? So he's helping God. You're creating little Ishmaels all over the place. Huh? Then when they don't look right, talk right, and act right, we want God to honor it anyway. Come on now. And he's got better for us. Huh? No, I want this to work. Huh? <laughs> Did Abraham. Oh, Lord, please let Ishmael live. Huh? Verse 18, when Abraham told him that he was going to have a baby at 100 and Sarah at 90, oh, God, please let it. No, not that. Don't torture me, God. I got to start this all over. God, I don't want to start all over again. But start all over again is sometimes what we need to do. See, we want to hold on. It's crap, but we want to hold on. It's falling apart in our hands, but we want to hold on. It's not what it's supposed to be. It doesn't even satisfy us. We're ashamed and embarrassed of it, but we're holding on because it's mine, God. I put this together with my own two little hands. But what did God do here? See, Ishmael's now, what, like 13 years old? God begins to accelerate things for Abraham and Sarah. He tells them they're going to have a baby in that time the next year. It only took a year for them to be parents. We don't know how long it took for Hagar to conceive Ishmael. There's there's no data on that. You know, the Bible says he went into her and she conceived. One time, two times, a year, two years. We don't know. You got me? We do know that Abraham was still fertile at that time. At 99, it's like, gee, God just showed up like, what, 13 years too late or 10 years, you know? 
gee, if you had just told me this, God, five years ago, I'd be able to help you. (laughs) The reason God doesn't tell you when you're able is he wants to disable you. Well, you don't mess it up again. Huh? But we all want our efforts to count. We all want Ishmael to live. Because the thought, oh God, I gotta start over from square one. Oh no. No, no God. The last time you gave me something to do for you, I'm telling you. You mean I gotta start all over again? Oh yeah, process gonna be shorter this time. It, and sometimes it takes just as much time in the natural, or even more time sometimes than, than your, your failed attempts. But it seems short because you're in the realm of the spirit now. You have that assurance. There's something that transpires in us when we're in the will of God and we make the steps God wants us to make. There's a confidence that kind of accelerates. We don't worry. We don't fear. You might worry for a minute, but something will come in. It's him walking. You walking beside him and being mature and being perfect in him. He's helping you. He's undergirding you. He's carrying you along on, on, on angel's wings. You got me? You're, you're being carried into the promise. You're not laboring and toiling like you usually do and sweating it and wondering. When you get on that sure path, he, you, 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 in, you're in the secret place. You're on the shadow of the Almighty. You're under his feathers. Amen. He, he's the wind beneath your wings. You know what I'm talking, that kind of stuff. It, it's, there's a, a, an ease. And it comes because you've let go. You don't know how to do it. You know you don't know how to do it. You thought you were counted out the last time you attempted and here God brought it back again and now this time you just sail through. And don't complain about it. Don't crab about it. Well, God, I wish I'd have known you was going to do this and I wasted it. You didn't waste anything. That time you put in was the time you needed to make your mistakes, get out of your flesh, get the flesh out the way, and finally cave in and say, God, I cannot do this. If it's going to get done, it's going to get done by you. So it's all good. He works it out. I mean, why is your time so valuable? You can't waste it making mistakes and finding out you're wrong. I mean, what are you doing? You know, we'll say, I wasted all that time. Really? What, what could you have been doing with all your precious time? We never count time the way God does. If you're on the road and you got enough sense when you get 
off the road to get up and get back on the road, that's time well spent, folks. That's productive time right there. Because you had enough sense to get back on the road. Amen? Instead of letting the devil kick you off and getting an attitude. They don't like me and they treat me like this. They gonna do that. That won't stop you from getting what you need out of the situation. People's attitudes never stop you. Could care less. My mother, we used to sit up four girls. Always drama. And, uh, my mother would make us sit on the couch and y'all sit there and be, be quiet. Of course, you can't be quiet. You're a kid. But you try anyway. And she has to tell you again. You stick your mouth out. You know. Everybody had them pout lips. Not them cute ones they be doing now. The ones that have witchcraft on the other end of them. And she says, stick them out some more. I'm going to step on them. Huh? We all like to do our pouting like we got so much important stuff to do. But but what's important to God is you keep fighting the fight. Is you stay his your mistakes have nothing to do with anything. They're forgiven before you make them. God knows you're gonna make them before you make them, and He lets you make them. Ah! Don't tell me that, Pastor Bob. I'm gonna make mistakes. You making one now? Carrying on like that, you're wasting time. Quit carrying on and let's get on with the. Huh? God has to wait for us to recover emotionally before He can move us on to the next thing. Huh? True. He did that with Abraham. Abraham screaming. Ishmael, how come Ishmael ain't good enough? I did the best I could. He's a brat. Causing trouble everywhere. Finally had to put him out. He's one of them kind of dudes. That's what disobedience will buy for you. But God, I thought, no, it's still wrong. Ow! I thought this was the way you wanted me. That's still wrong. You didn't get it right. God can't make what's wrong right. He can provide for it, but he can't make it right. And Abraham himself knows it ain't right. Huh? Got to keep these women separated and keep that little bratty boy from... Huh? Trying to boss the servants around. The Bible says his prophecy was he was a wild man and his hand was against every man. That didn't just start once he got 21. Them seeds are planted already. It's part of the bastard curse. And he says, I, he says, as for Ishmael, I take care of everybody. This is what God said. I heard what you you don't want him thrown out with no future. Amen. He's going to be blessed. He'll be fruitful. Multiply 12 princes shall he beget. And I'll make him a great nation. He said, but my promise is with the one you ain't had. Let's get back to the conversation we have. Now, I told you I'm going to take care of Ishmael. Don't worry about him. But I want to talk to you about what's important to me. 
Oh. See, there's something in our lives, even though we asking for stuff, there's something in that that's important to God. It's not just about your stuff. Don't ever make it about stuff. Make it about God as much as possible. Yeah, get your stuff. But make it about God. He says, but my covenant I will establish with Isaac, which Sarah shall bear at the set time in the next year. So God's accelerating time for them. Amen. And he says, he left off talking with him, and God went up from Abraham, and Abraham took Ishmael and all that he circumcised. He was obedient to what God had given him to do right away. Walk before me and be thou perfect. If you can't obey God right away, you'll never get the essence of what he's wanting you to do. You'll need 15 confirmations to know if God's told you to do something or not. What's he saying in your heart? He's not saying don't, if he's not saying what step to make, don't make any. Just wait for him to speak to you and lead you. But this conversation, God said, my covenant will be with you. And the sign of the covenant will be circumcision. And I expect you to circumcise everybody in obedience to your end of the covenant so I can bring the rest of it to you. Abraham's part was very small. God, you mean that's all I got to do? Circumcise everybody? Yeah. And just continue to meet with me, meditate with me. Let me show you stuff. Let me help you. Let me do this. Let me do that. Let's be partners in this endeavor. So then God gives Abraham an instant upgrade. He starts allowing him to have input in his decisions. Oh, really? Yeah, you do too. Huh? God allows us to have input. In decisions he's going to make. Well, he points out an error, an, an, an area that needs intercession. You, you have input in the decisions that God makes. He says, I'm going to, I'm going to, should I discuss? Yeah, I'm going to discuss this with Abraham. So now they have, um, Something in common. They have projects to work on. He and Abraham have a project. Abraham becomes an intercessor before God. He intercedes so that God doesn't destroy everybody. He looks for righteous people in the towns of Sodom and Gomorrah. And Abraham narrows it down to ten. Of course, there weren't ten, but he's working on it. He was scared to ask for more. Amen. That's, that's, you got a little work to do. You got me? More is in his heart, but he's afraid to ask. You ever been like that? He had more in your heart, but you were almost sure that God wouldn't go, oh, God wouldn't be that good. But he says he'll do exceeding abundantly beyond what we ask or think. But you got to ask it. Amen. And then he'll add to it. He always adds to it. Never takes away. He always adds, folks. 
He's a prosperous God. He's an increased God. So he will give us more than we can ask or think. So then Abraham, he, he, he begins to negotiate with God as an intercessor. Amen. For Sodom and Gomorrah. He's able to get Lot's family out, but not all of them. Lot's got two gay sons-in-law that like it there. Amen? Amen. They turn, and then he got the wife, the lesbian. She liked it there too, because when the city was being destroyed, she looked back. She said, I'm sure gonna miss it. Uh, come on, y'all. Let's put it together, okay? This is a new interesting version. It means you've got to think through God to get some answers here. I'm looking for answers. I'm not looking for y'all to like the way I say stuff. But you say it too. I just can't say it because I'm in the pulpit now. Y'all, y'all strap me down. That goes for y'all on the internet too. <laughs> So God then decides, because Abraham is his friend now, they're in covenant, amen? He circumcised himself. All new possibilities open up. The blood is key in getting close to God. God's able now to share his thoughts with Abraham, because Abraham's proven himself to him. God says, he's going to command his family to obey me. Now, how could that, how could God say that about him? He said, I know him. He's going to command his family. He don't have a family yet. Not one God's talking about. Now, now think about it. How's he, how's he going to do that? How's God know that? What did he just obey him doing? Circumcision. See, the blood has a knowing. The blood gives God a knowing about us, and it gives us a knowing about God. It's not just one way, it's two ways. So when you're born again, God knows what you can do. When he tells you to do something and it's too big for you, he's telling you knowing that you think it's too big, but he will get you to the place where you can do it. He knows that about us. Why? Because blood has been shed for us to get to that place. See, you're not always going to stay in a place where you're wavering, staggering, not knowing what to do, going back and forth. I don't know, God. This is too big for me. I don't think I can do this. Why don't you give me something easy to do? Oh, let Ishmael live. Huh? He knows you're not always going to be like that. Huh? He knows he can bring you up to where you're going. Come on now. Parents, natural parents at a certain place in a child's life, they pretty much know what kind of potential their kid has. If they're saved, they'll go beyond that. Huh? You know what they can do. Cause you've seen, you've seen enough of their pattern of behavior in certain situations. You know they're gonna come through, or you know the ones that's gonna shrink and cry. Huh? Bring the crying towels, cause you're gonna need them for some of them. Huh? But then there's going to be some that'll excel, and, and it's no sweat, the no sweat kid. So you know that about your own. God knows that about us, but not based on 
past behavior based on faith in the power of the blood to transform us. So that's how we go from staggering in unbelief and begging for an easy way out. God, let me quit. I don't want to go through this no more again. Oh, God, I don't want to do this. Please, God. (laughs) And the only thing that's that's distorted is your understanding of God's help for you. See, you've been thinking you've been doing it all along. Because you had a plan in your mind. You run here, there, and everywhere, and every door slams in your face, and your nose is broke already and bleeding all the time. You think, I don't want to do this no more. No, just stand back and let God in there. Say, God, if you don't open that door, it won't open, but I'm going to give it one more shot. Amen. Walk before me and be thou perfect. Trust God to do the heavy lifting. Trust him to do that. Are you not impressing him none? Quoting scripture at him. He knows the word. He is the word. He ain't impressed. Well, impress him as you cut the shenanigans. Huh? Cut the nonsense. Quit jeffing around. Huh? Quit trying to, to, uh, duck the real responsibility. And that is let go. Just stay in your words, stay encouraged. Meditate with God, ask him some things. Amen. Wait for his instruction. If it doesn't come, keep waiting. Let him know what you need. Let him know it's impossible. God, I can't do this. God, I really don't think it's going to happen. You might as well confess it, you think it anyway. Once you get it out there, you see how bad it sounds. You say, oh, God, I didn't even know I thought like that. I'm, I'm putting you in, I'm putting you down when I think like that. You see what I'm saying? Just get it all out there and open. He knows it anyway. Confession is good for you. Amen. It helps you to understand who you really are. The problems that plague your mind. Why you can't go forward. What are you thinking that's, that's a rock? That's a mountain that keeps you from going forward. huh? That needs to come out of you. It comes out through meditation. It comes out through walking before him and, and looking for perfection. huh? Be perfect means to take on his spirit, honey. That's all that means. It's take on his attitude. Walk before me and take on. Let me help you out. Amen. That's all he wants to do. Amen. All right. Why don't we stop? Father, we thank you for your word and for understanding we thank you lord for the brilliance of your word thank you lord for the brightness of our path that shines brighter and brighter unto that perfect day and we honor you and we love you jesus we're looking forward to more time with you walking before you walking in the perfection that you have for us so we can do all things well and nothing will be impossible to us because we have you And you're everything. You're omnipotent, all-knowing, all-understanding, all-powerful. Everything is in your hands, Lord. So we honor you and we bow to you and we reverence you. All right, let's do our declaration. I don't have Rona. She don't have me. I can't get Rona. And she can't get me. And I thank you, Father, 
that by the stripes of Jesus, we are healed. Amen, amen, and amen again. It's so decreed.